What's happening? Look at all those people. That's a good looking crew. Hey, isn't it cool like when the children were released, like a third of the church was gone? That's a good thing though, right? That's growth. They'll be there someday. Let's pray. <laughs> and when we pray, you guys pray for me because for some reason I get super nervous standing up here. I've known about this for like a month plus, but for some reason I still get nervous. Then I can't swallow and I can't talk as well. And to make it even funner, Steve, when I got here this morning, uh, they needed a drummer. So Chris asked me to step into that. And that was cool because then I wasn't worried about preaching so much. I had to focus on that. But now, now here we are. God, we thank you for what you're doing, that you're filling the church, God, that you're a God of, of new things, that you're alive, that things are moving. God, I thank you for all the people here today. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your word that instructs us, that teaches us, Holy Spirit, that you guide us. And Lord, I pray that you would just birth in all of our hearts expectation, expectation in you, God, that we can trust in you, trust in your word, and believe, God, that you are doing new things, that it's not over, that you're not done with us yet, but that you're going to continue working on us, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, we're going to be in uh, Acts 3 today, verse 1. So, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, hey, thanks, buddy. You knew, huh? You guys can grab a drink if you want. <laughs> Man, you guys are awesome. Come on with it. I'll put that in the ice chest for work. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, a cold one, too. So probably, I don't know, a month and a half ago, when Pastor asked me to speak today, the Lord just, I was reading Acts 3, and the Lord really put this on my heart for the church. And so I was at one of our Saturday Bible studies over at um, the Pizza Hut Church, and I shared this, so it'll be kind of repetitive for some of you guys, if you were listening. If not, it'll be new. So let's, let's go ahead and start reading this. There's some cool things in this here I want to show you. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. I want to stop right there and point out a few things that are really interesting to me. Number one was this man was carried, physically carried every day. Has anybody here ever carried somebody? I mean, yeah, they're heavy. And so these folks cared about this man who was lame from birth enough to take him daily by carrying him somewhere in hopes that something would happen for him, something, his, a need would be met. And what I love about this, guys, is they took him to the church. They took him to the church. And so I started thinking about that now. You know, it, if it read... Um, Sean and Whitney walked 
to Northside Assembly for the Sunday morning service, and there were some folks carrying somebody that had a need, and we met them at the door. Like, I started thinking nowadays, is that, is that happening now? Like, are, are, are we bringing, is the world bringing people to the church now? And if not, why? Because we have the answer. I started thinking like, so when we got a problem with somebody, usually it's to the state. You know, if it's a child, maybe they end up in foster care. If it's somebody who's messed up mentally, we send them to the mental health. If they're bad enough, we can kick them over to the jail. Um, there's all these avenues that, where, where people are being sent, but are we one of them? Like, are, are, are people thinking of the church as the answer? And I start, I, and, and, and until this morning, like during the worship, I wasn't sure. You know, I know that we invite folks and like we've got the answer, but, but do they know that? Like, does the world know? Like, hey, we know Jesus, the creator, the one who did this, the one who made all this. We know him and we have that answer here. And it just, it would, it would, I try to imagine that. Like if we got here on Sunday morning, there was 10 people out there that need something. And they brought him here. What's amazing to me is that what this guy went for was some money, right? Because without legs, it's really hard to work. I mean, nowadays we have computers. They can figure something out. But what he was hoping for was money. Why? Probably to eat. I mean, pay bills, which makes sense to me, right? So he's going to go and he's going he's to ask for some money. But what's interesting is that we can do that. Like, we can meet that need. But what's interesting is behind that need of the money is this greater need is this man can't walk. You know what I'm saying? And so like a lot of times when we're doing things, um, I remember a time and I've shared the story already, but where I knew a guy was hungry. So I got him a Pepsi and a piece of pizza. And that was a need. And that was cool. But the real need was that he needs Jesus. (laughs) The real need is that he needs a complete healing. And with that, then he could meet those other needs. So. Those are just a couple interesting things. I, I really think, though, that I titled this, this message, um, What Did You Expect? Because I want to start, I'm praying that God begins to stir us. Like, when we all woke up this morning and we knew we were getting ready to go to service, were we expecting anything out of it? Were we coming just to show up, be seen, to plug in, maybe to, to be fed? Were, are we expecting what God is capable of? I want to see miracles. I want signs and wonders because it's amazing what happened with that is when there was signs and wonders, people looked. And then there was a bold man who said, I'm going to take my opportunity and tell him why. And people got saved, which was incredible. And I believe in that. But I, I want to stir us up as far as what, what, what is your heart? What are you expecting when you come here, what are you expecting when you get in your prayer area at home, when you worship? Are we expecting God to meet those needs, to show up like he can? Or are we just kind of filling the void, just kind of the motions, you know what I mean? So I want to stir you up to think like that. Let's get to verse 3. Let's get some water. Water break. Chris, it's good to see you, man. Yep. When, we saw Pe- when he saw Peter and John about to enter, 
He asked him for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at him, looked at them, eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And this is what's incredible. So I've heard from Delaney in class, from Lisa encouraging my wife this morning, the same theme. We can, we can say things a lot and we can um, pray things a lot. But there comes a point when we have to do something. And, and what's incredible to me in this is they show us that. It says, get up in, in Jesus and Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. It took the action. So he could have said, man, and what? So I hate to hear this story's terrible, but I was doing some stuff at work the other day, had some guys from Kansas City come down to buy some parts. And and I've got interaction time with them, and one of them needed a ride somewhere. And as we're driving to the bank, he's talking about his problems. And I knew that I should share Jesus. I knew that I had the answer. And I didn't say a word, other than I'm a youth pastor, and just the, kind of the side stuff that doesn't really affect us, you know. But I just knew I had this opportunity but for whatever reason, intimidation, what he's going to think, I started to realize, man, it's really easy to share the gospel with somebody who has absolutely nothing, who's down and out, broke down. But somebody who's got pockets and wads of money and successful and all these different things, it's a lot harder to share the gospel with them. I don't know why I told you that, but I did. Here's, here's why. Here's why. Because it wasn't enough. I, when it was done and over with, I dropped him off. I'm like, Lord, I just pray for um, that you just impact this guy's life and, and do all that. And I just prayed for him, which is cool. It's good. But there's something... Man, yeah, I guess it's over. <laughs> See you at lunch. <laughs> and it's good that I prayed for the guy afterwards. But man, the power could have been there had I done it in the truck, one-on-one. And, and when he complained about this and his wife and blah, 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 I could have said, hey, man... Let me tell you about Jesus. I could have done anything different, and who knows what the Lord had done in that or would have done in that. But what I love about these guys is, is Jesus or Peter proclaimed it. Here's what I'm going to give you. But then there was an action involved. And he, he didn't just say it, but he knew it and believed it enough to actually look down at him, grab him, pull him up. And what the word says is as he did that, as he got down, pulled him up, did the physical action, the man was healed. His ankles, his feet were healed. And I think that's pretty powerful. I think as a church, there's a lot here that we can learn from. Number one, the, the expectancy. Like, for an example, when we took the youth to camp, there, some of them had been there before. So there was this kind of this excitement, this expectation. For me... I, I had no clue. I'm like, man, I've never really been to camp before. I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I'm going to have all these guys in this dorm, you know. And who knows? But there was a spirit of expectation. From the moment we, we met here, 
and got in the van. They're jacked up about it. Things are cool. Buddy, buddy's gonna, you know, some of expectations. Some of their expectations were not what they got. So, <laughs> I'm gonna meet a new girl. I'm gonna get some phone numbers. I'm gonna, uh, you know, that was some of their expectations. Hey, mom and dad ain't gonna be around. I'm gonna be able to do whatever I want. Some of them were expecting the power of God to show up. But what we saw was, I think every single kid, am I right? Every single kid that we took experienced the, the presence of God. Yeah, and it was incredible. And the, the ones like, I've got a video clip we'll show in a minute. Do you have that? Like there's those two video clips of Addison. So you guys all know Addison. Great, quiet kid, loves God best kid in youth group, a leader. We're going to show this video of him, another side of him here in a minute. But um, I don't know where I was going with that either. <laughs> Expectations, yeah. Expectations. <laughs> there's, a, there's also a picture of me and this kid named Randy, and I don't know if we'll, we'll put it up here. This is something I didn't expect. And Anne, what you shared with me a week ago, I didn't expect also. I forgot the numbers on that, but so I'm a foster kid, had been since seven or eight. That's Randy. Okay. Love that kid. Whitney and I are in the gym. There's hundreds of kids. Everybody's playing. Everybody's having a good time. People are talking to each other, making friends. And we're sitting on this bench, and right in front of us comes this kid, Randy. And he's standing there. And he's looking at somebody, and he's kind of mad about something, and so he's kind of pacing back and forth, and he's mad, and, and a ball comes flying his way, and he kicks it out of the way. And so <laughs> Whitney and I stand there like, hey, buddy, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. And he just, and, but he's standing right there. And so we, the, the whistle blows or whatever, it's time to go to chapel, and here's Randy, and he, he's still here walking with us. And so my wife's just got that heart. She's like, hey, hey buddy, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, just, he's, he's fine, but he's not fine. And uh, so the next day, I turn around. I don't know what we were doing. I turn around, and there's Randy. Randy is not in our youth group. Randy's from a youth group right up by camp. But I started talking to Randy. I'm walking with him, and I'm talking with him. And I'm like, so, um, you know, what, what do your parents do? He's like, I don't have any. I'm in foster care. And... Uh, and I said, well, that's awesome, man. You know, I am too. I'm a foster kid too. It was incredible. I didn't expect that. But how God had orchestrated out of 800 people that Randy is right here. And there's this connection made. And, and Randy doesn't leave my side other than when he has to go with his pastor for the rest of the camp. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Randy is actually getting adopted soon. He's excited about it. Nathan actually knows the adoptive parents. So it was amazing, but it was just incredible what God can do. I almost felt like the guy expecting money, but God gave so much more. And he wants to do that with us too. And do you remember the, the amount of kids that we had that had been through the foster care system at camp? Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, we get home and I go over to Renewed Treasures and Ann just pulls me aside. It was so encouraging and I thank you for that. Because when I got up after camp, I shared with you guys, like I had sat with all these youth pastors who grandparents and fathers built the church and they went to evangel and, and there, there was this, this thing and I had felt um, insecure about it. And so I shared that with you. And, and so Ann had encouraged me with letting me know, hey, out of those kids you guys took, half of those kids have been through the, the foster system. They're, they're in a good place now. But to me, the, what the Lord was saying to me was just like, Sean, you're exactly where I want you to be. Exactly where I want. And I think that's what you said to me. You're exactly where I want you to be. You got to have it. Got anybody want a water? I got three. <laughs> God is so much that that verse comes to mind that um, your your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I went to camp expecting to chaperone some kids, not really sure, and God just rattled my heart with meeting Randy, and then coming back and realizing that God has orchestrated all that stuff that I thought was terrible as a kid. He is using for good now. And it's the same across the board. Another thing I think about with, um, with the expectation and with the youth group is that um, th- there comes a point, I think, when we need to tenaciously hang on to the, the potential that God has. That it's, I can't really limit things by what I can uh, imagine or picture or believe I can do because it isn't about me but what I need to do is find out what it is God says and what he promises and what he's done because he's the same God he'll do and just tenaciously hang on to that thing and so this video of Addison will kind of give you a visual of that if we could pop up the first one this was a game we did at camp so we had probably 80 to 100 kids on a team. They pulled all the boys out of that. And then they created these circles with the boys. So there's like three boys in the center, arms locked, another group. Have you been to camp? Did they play that game there? Guy, this is funny, too, because Nathan comes up to me. He's like, this is not a good idea. This is not. Somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> so the three kids, then there's six or seven boys, and then there's 10 boys, and there's 20 boys. And the whole objective is for the girls to get these boys pulled apart, and for every boy they pull apart, there's points. Let's go ahead and watch this one, so you'll get kind of an idea. So you can see the circles. There's Addison right in the center. (laughs) Surrounded by all these guys, they're supposed to lock their arms and not let the girls pull them apart. Let's go ahead and do the next one. This one's about a minute long, and this is kind of towards the end of the game. Does that have sound? If you could hear it, it's incredible. Because what's happening is Addison is screaming our team logo. He's screaming it, yeah, and he's not letting go. He's hanging on. And the, and the clock is ticking like there's still 20 seconds. If they could just pull them apart, we lose, they win. 
and our whole team's chanting, BLK, we were the black team, BLK, and, Ad- and, and out of nowhere, you'll look down, and Addison looks up and starts screaming, BLK, BLK. It's like, oh my gosh, where does this come from? Because he's so quiet and so mellow. Yeah, they're trying to tear him apart. There's five points on the board right there. This is for all the glory here. But look at that. They are not letting go. See him lock his hands together? And it's over. They're pull- that, that was his mom pulling the... Get off my kid. <laughs> you should have seen Randy the whole time. It's like, Addison, you okay? Get- okay, I'll film it. It was awesome. So Addison who you guys know is this kind of a mellow guy, fought like crazy to not let go of that guy. His arm was bruised up. His chest was all bruised up. But what he did was he didn't let go of something. And I think that is an amazing picture of how we need to be with what God has promised us, what God has said about us, what God has said about the future of us and this church and in just our lives, I think there's just something amazing about that that we need to learn from. What do you expect? I don't know if Addison expected to hang in there till the end, but he did, which was amazing. It was amazing for him, amazing for our whole team. I feel like, well, I don't feel like, I'm going to just read this. One more part of this scripture that I really think we need to see. How you doing, Steve? All right. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth. From birth. He was lame from birth. He had two legs. But from the time he was born, they didn't work. He had them, but they didn't work. And what Jesus did was activated those legs, healed those legs. I believe this, and I want you guys to think about this too, and I I might be wrapping up soon, but I want us to think about this as I say it, because I want to do an altar call on it. Because we, we, as a church have things that we are not using, that, that we were born with, that God gave us. We as individuals have gifts, ministries, talents that are not being activated. They're not being used. We have them. We have them. And because they're not being used, there's a lack or a need in an area. Just like this man couldn't work because his legs weren't working. We have things that God has given us that we're not using. And what I want to do is spend some time in prayer, if it's fine, with some worship, and just start asking God to activate those things in us. I mean, if you think about the power that's in this room to win the lost, it's mind-blowing. Absolutely incredible, from intercessors to evangelists to preachers to people walking in healing, to signs and wonders, the whole thing. It, God has provided it all. It's like the perfect example I always think of with, with work is that when Dennis says, hey, go build a house, I don't have to figure out how I'm going to do that, how I'm going to pay for that, how I'm going to get the guys there. When he says go do it, everything is provided with it. 
there's the van, there's the truck, there's the guys, there's the card, get the parts, get the pieces, put it together. Here's what you need. Do what I'm asking you to do. And, and God is the same. He is calling us to do something. Win the lost. Win the lost, right? Heal the hurts. Win the loss. There's a verse in Isaiah 43 that says, Bring the, the blind who have eyes. Bring the deaf who have ears. It's just like this man who's got legs but don't work. It's just like us who have these, these gifts from heaven. Gifts from heaven. We have access to the throne. We have the answers. We have everything needed, but it's not always activated. And I don't want to be discouraging because a lot of it is. And great things are happening. And a lot of people are doing some amazing things with what God has given them. So don't get me wrong here, but there's so much more. And it's just like what I was expecting at a camp, God brought so much more. And this guy was expecting with some change or some dollars, God brought so much more. Things are good, but there's so much more. Would you guys play a song? As we, as we start the song, and please don't leave these altars empty, because I know that there's some of us, you know, like... Do you guys lay down at night and dream of and think of the, like, the power of God and the things that God can do and can use you for? Yes. Yeah. And then you wake up and maybe they're not there. You don't see. Like, I literally dream of preaching. I love it. I, I, and I did last night. I laid in bed for an hour watching myself do today, and it was incredible. So much different. <laughs> it was. I didn't get thirsty. Man, things just flowed. I didn't even have to look at this. It was powerful. <laughs> but but it, here we are. <laughs> but those things that you have in your heart, when you're true and when you're real and when it's just you, or, or you ever have that thing where you meet a Randy and God breaks your heart, or you see somebody on the street and God just crushes you because you know there's so much more. And you're not sure what to do with it, but you know this. God has given you everything to work in that area. But some of us aren't. Some of us want more. I'll tell you what, time is short, and I've, I've never wanted to say that because that's what your parents say. I've never, and every time Dennis says that, I'm like, because I don't want to buy into that thing. But time is short. I watched a kid, 18-year-old in our program yesterday, and this is disturbing, so kids plug your ears. Came out of a bathroom with his arms sliced to pieces, bleeding everywhere. Screw your God. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think about that kid, and I think, man, what an amazing thing he's going to do for God if the enemy is after him in that kind of way. What a powerful ministry. What a powerful thing that he'll be part of if God can get to him, if God can capture his heart. But that made me go to bed last night thinking, Pops is right. Time is short. Some of the stuff we see, the earthquake over in Afghanistan, the different things, the the loss of life I've been part of through the last two years the numbers are incredible time is short and there's such an opportunity for us 
to be part of what John the Baptist was doing, <laughs> to be part of what Peter and John were doing, to be part of what Jesus did in his doing. But we've got to activate those things in us that he has placed in us. They've got to be kickstarted. They've got to be activated. And I don't know if it's time to wait until something happens. I don't know if it's something we just start jumping on right now because time is short. So please, please, if that's you and if, if, if there's just that void, that emptiness, that desire to see what we're reading. Man, who wants, I don't want to go to Walmart and that guy there in the wheelchair that's needing food to get something to eat for that moment. And then he has to do it again and again and again. Like we have the answer to fix that whole problem. But I want to be the guy that somehow will get out of my car and say that and walk in the power to lift him up, physically reach down and back up my words with my actions and say, come on, man, I want to be that guy. And I believe there's a lot of us in this church that want that. Let's ask the Lord. Let's get up here and let's just seek God to activate those things that he has put in our lives. If there's prayer needs, find me, Pastor June, Whitney, and let's pray. But My God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that He wants to. Just ask the man who thrown on the bones of Elisha if there's anything that he can do just ask the soul that was rolled at the tomb of the God and what happens when God says move I feel him doing it now I feel him This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of a dry bone. Yes, Lord, we pray that you begin to activate us, God, that you begin to activate the gifts and talents that you've put in us, Lord, for a purpose, for a reason. Lord, I pray that you just begin to stir us up, God, that we are not just here, like we didn't just happen to be here, God, but that you placed us where we are for such a time as this to do, God, what you've called us to do. So begin to stir the gifts in this church, God. Begin to stir the callings, God. Begin to shake those things, God. Shake the mountains that are in our way. Just begin to do a work in this place, God. My God is able to save.
throne on the bones of Elijah if there's anything that he can do just ask the stone that was rolled at the tomb in the garden what happens when God says to move I feel him doing it now I feel him moving it now I feel him doing it Praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of the dry bones rattling. Cost on fire, stirring something new. Yeah, you're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon. Yeah, resurrection power runs in my veins too. Yeah, I believe there's another miracle here in this room. This is the sound of the dry bones rattling. This is a praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of a dry bone turtling. how much God loves you <laughs> it's amazing how much God loves me how much love is offered I, I, I was gonna kind of end it but I started thinking man if you don't know God or the love of God this whole thing probably seems weird <laughs> but what I want to tell you is yeah well, he's going to chase you down because he loves you. He's going to chase you down because he loves you. And here's the deal. There is no, I've done too much this way or too much that way, that God doesn't still love and accept you. And that's, that's amazing. I know in life there's a lot of, I mean, it's a strong attack of the enemy. If he can get you to believe, number one, that God doesn't love you. Like you've done too much wrong. You're that guy. But that thing's not true. That thing is not true. And what I want to say today, if, if, if there is somebody here who doesn't understand any of this, but sees it and was like, man, I want to experience that deal. Like, I want to be alive inside. Like, I want my heart to function. I want to feel things. And not just like out here, but in here. I want to, I want to wake up in the morning with a purpose. I want to know who my father is.
if you're in this room and you're still not, I can't imagine the, the longing that's in your heart right now to have that. I guess I can. I can't imagine the longing in your heart right now to have that. And so what we want to do is say, well, let's get it. Let's go ahead and have it right here, right now. If you're in this place and you don't know God, like you don't know that love of Jesus like we're talking about, you're feeling something because as we worship, God's presence is here. And there's something you know. There's something that you're feeling that you're not sure what it is. But what I want to tell you is that you're invited to have that. You're invited to the family. Like there was nobody left out. Like if you want that, it's here, it's now. And again with that, man, sound like Dennis here, but the time is short. <laughs> the time is short. And I only got, I don't want to go back to the, the thing with the kid in the arms, man. But if he would have got the wrong spot on his body, that would have been a done deal. And, and that would be a done deal. Like I remember the first time I experienced death, I realized like, I, there's nothing else I get to say there like that's over like whatever was left undone is undone and it, it was a that was just one of those lessons that was so hard because I had chose to make sure I didn't fix that because I wanted there to be pain on the other side you know if that makes sense but when it was over and too late it was over and too late and that was that don't don't be the person who waits until it's over and too late. You have an opportunity now. You have an opportunity when you leave. Yeah, it, it just, it just come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Things are moving quick, and it'd be best to go ahead and get right with God now. So we're going to wait a few more minutes. We're here to pray. If anybody wants to, to make that, that move, today is the day. And then we'll close up. That's right. It's a hard step to take, but man, it's the right one. And that glue that you feel on the bottom of your pants that's holding you down, it'll separate sooner or later if you just push hard enough. But what happens is as you, as you walk and step and walk and step this way, you'll start to feel a lighterness a lighterness and then when you get here and you meet Jesus man I'll never forget when I met Jesus I was 21 22 and I it was New Year's Eve night 1996 and me and my buddy were partying we walked to his mom's house knocked on the door to get in to change some clothes and she opened the door and looked at us and said you guys need Jesus and it floored me my buddy went in to get clothes. I walked in, sat on the couch, and I had this experience where I could see Jesus coming to me in a valley. I was in the worst place of my life, hated everybody, sad, broken, the whole deal. But here was in this moment, Jesus coming and loving me. He loved me even in that worst spot. So our friend gets there to go to the party and I get in the car and I'm crying because Jesus broke my heart because to realize that God loved me and all that and all my life and all my mistakes and all the stuff, God loves me. And not just loves me like, hey, show up someday, but here he comes for me. <laughs> yeah, and it changed my life. 
I want you guys to experience that. If there's somebody here that hasn't experienced that, that wants to receive Christ, come on up right now and let's do it. Let's do it. Let's ask Jesus to come in and to be our Lord and Savior like what I'm talking about. I bet everybody in here has heard this altar call time and time again. Thought, well, hey, I'm there. I'm saved. I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up with the Word. I grew up with a lot of love. And a lot of misunderstandings, you know, that they thought was love. I thought, I'm good. I'm, I'm great. You know, I came straight out of an active addiction, a heavy addiction into this church I thought yeah altar call you know I, I, I want healing recovery that's fine but I'm already saved I'm already saved let me tell you something because you know who God is because you've heard about him because you've seen him in other people's life that don't make you saved it says confess with your mouth believe in your heart you'll be saved we know this and a lot of people have done this but it's this. Oh, I believe they know there's a God. I believe they say there's a God. I believe that there's a book about a God. And I think it could have happened this way. And I think that maybe I could have salvation. So I'm going to say, yeah, percentage-wise it is. Uh, and uh, so I admit it. And I ask him in my life, I'm saved. No. Open your heart. Get rid of your head. Because that's the world. Open your heart. And let what we all know is true, what we all know to be real. Confess it, embrace it, believe it, receive it. People ask me, two and a half, almost three years, I haven't went back into my addiction. My Actually, many sexual, drugs, alcohol, never did I make it for more than maybe a year. And that's even including prison, because you can still get in prison. Let me tell you how. You can recover and recover and recover, and that's when you're an addict. Hi, I'm David. I'm an addict. Da da da. Bull, bull stuff. Okay. The reason I made it is I'm redeemed. Forget recovery. And if you ain't saved, you're not gonna be redeemed. If you have an addiction to watching TV that's putting this stupid stuff in your head over and over and over again. You're having nightmares. Look, he was talking about dreaming of his preaching, dreaming of God, dreaming of miracles. What you put in does make a difference. I drank way too much Coke. Guess what? I wasn't this bad when I come up in this place. <laughs> Guarantee you, what I put in has a result. So you have this addiction to TV shows, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, baby. Tell the truth, shame the devil. All these things are not necessarily bad. It's how we take them in, right? So people say, hey, the Bible doesn't say anywhere in there 
you cannot, I did not see anywhere in the Bible that says don't smoke. Now there's interpretations, you know, it says don't defile the temple. True enough. My Bible, my God, doesn't say no, 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 no. My Bible, my God says yes, yes, come in, welcome. And I tell you what, all those stuff that you think it says no and you don't want to give up, you won't want them anymore if you'll get saved. You won't need them no more. They won't mean nothing to you. I just sit here and pray with two men. One looks like he could be your lawyer, and one looks like he could be your drug dealer. I don't know two men in this audience, and I know a lot of good people in this audience, that I believe could be more evangelistic for this cause, for God's army to build. I see another one, you're looking at me strange, but you don't duck your head, Monty. I see you. Everybody sees you where they think you're messing up. I see you. Are you saved? Bet. Gene and Ellie, anyone ever see them do anything strange, say anything weird? You think that they're not human? They're saved. Now, they might have been the first ones that, you know, were ever saved in this world, but they're saved for sure. I'm telling you all, simple as this. Don't say, okay, I'm saved and pass on and see if anyone comes up. Oh, yeah, he looks like he needs saved. Or really? He ain't saved? Don't do that. Look at you. Say, am I truly saved? Do I believe? Yes, but am I truly saved? Dedicate yourself. Don't sit up here and like Sean was talking about, let's show up Sunday. Hey, look, baby, I shaved today. <laughs> I put on something that's got buttons. My pants still got the legs in them. Yeah, I'm talking about me. <laughs> that was me, cowboy boots and cut off pants. Okay. But churches there is different. Come here because you need to get something that you can take back out there. Come here to get what you need. Oh, yeah. God don't want us to be poor, brokenhearted, sick. He don't want that. It ain't a good witness, if anything else. I want a lot for my son. I know he wants better for me. Come in here to get what you need. But fill up to pour out. Because if you pour out and pour out and you don't fill up, your battery's going to run down and the devil's come for you too and you just lost another soldier for God. Lift each other up. Help each other to these altars. If you are not 100% sure you are saved, get buns down here. Is it going to hurt to make sure? If you knew that at 3 o'clock today, God was coming back, and you were going or staying, and that was it, would you be in your seat? Saving money today. Well, they're all still sitting down, so we're good. So the beauty of that is we're all going to heaven. So the challenge of that is everybody brings somebody next week who's not. 
Huh? Let's do that. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today, for, for being such a good father and a loving father. For the loved ones that we have, God, that don't know you, we lift them up right now. And we pray that you would just, we pray for repentance. We pray for eyes open, for ears open to know you, God, for lives changed. And it is our, it's our prayer, God, that everybody experience your love and your presence, God, and that peace and that rest that in you, all things are okay. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys be blessed. Have a great week. See you back here Sunday or Wednesday night. <laughs>